I asked Rob, this isn't typically done. I asked Rob if it's okay if I just start with the scripture. Um, and so there, I've shared a number of times in my life in front of groups of people. And um, there are two kinds of instances of my sharing. One is when I share. The other is when I get out of the way. Um, and I want to get out of the way this morning and let God speak. So I want to start with uh, the scripture reading this morning. It's from Matthew 5, 6. And then we'll get on with whatever God wants to do. It says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Amen. Again, this is one of my first times, so feel free. The amens, the raising of hands, just, you know, if, if you like what you hear, just let me know. So, I'm, amen. Okay. Um, I'm very, very thankful and honored to be able to be speaking in front of you all this morning. Um, my name is Haig. It's like Hai with a G at the end. It's a soft G, not a hard G. It's easy to say, but it's hard to read. It's hard to get the right pronunciation when you read it. Uh, I grew up in Allendale, which is like a few miles down the road. I'm a Jersey boy. I last, spent the last few years overseas doing a master's and figuring out how to love people like God loves them. And I'm here now. Uh, and really, um, though I can say I'm in the ministry, I do believe that the keep ministry... Talking. Yeah, keep I'm going to keep talking. The ministry is first and foremost, people in ministry receiving the love of God and having their stuff figured out uh, and then being able to serve other people. Um, and I'm a testament to God's love and, and the power of, um, of Jesus. A little bit about my life and how my life relates to this morning. I'm gonna be, we're going to be talking about hunger this morning. Um, I've been a lot of things in my life. I've been a student, I've been a cashier, <laughs> uh, I've been a researcher, I've been in ministry in a number of ways, but there's one quality, and my family can attest to this, there's one quality which I have really owned well in my life. That quality is hunger. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to spill the beans, and then I'm going to talk about beans. Uh, <laughs> our last name means fat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we know how to eat. If you've been with our family, first of all, our people, our mean people, we love you by feeding you, okay? And I know how to eat. I know how to eat best in my family. There's, uh, I have this image of myself about, well, it was before I was out of diapers, but I was walking. And um, my parents have told me this story many times, but image of myself with my diapered butt sticking out of the refrigerator <laughs> gobbling green beans <laughs> until they were all finished. And now, now, let me say, these weren't dry, boring green beans. They were, these were cooked in oil and uh, red pepper paste. And, you know, they were good, garlicky, good stuff. But since I was young, I can testify to having hunger. Amen. Thank you. See, it's good. It's a good thing. Um, and... I think my story is a story of God working on my hunger and working on my thirst. When I was young, I hungered for good friendship, I think. Um, I think as I got into high school, 
You start, hanging, uh, you start hungering more for attention. Kids hunger for attention all the time, but you get to high school, you, you're looking for identity, you're looking to figure out how people see you, you're looking for a good time. That leads you to trouble. Looking for identity often leads you to trouble. Uh, and as I started to decide on where to go to college, uh, I think the most recent, and I, and I would say the most difficult, I'll say hunger struggle, I ended up facing was the struggle to overcome the de- desire to establish myself. Um, and let me expound upon that for one second. What I mean is that when, especially in this area, when a young man or young woman is getting to the age uh, where they're going to be figuring out their profession and going to be figuring out how they're going to be providing for their family, it's very important for them to have a sense of how they're going to establish themselves in their lives. Um, so I went to college with two things in mind. I went to college, one, I knew that I had to get serious about my relationship with God. Um, because since I was young, I had a relationship. Okay, my, my story goes way back. Um, but I can say that it was often a one-way relationship, God relating to me. And me sometimes being dragged along. Um, but God is faithful. And um, so that, that struggle to establish myself manifested itself. It showed up in looking into, okay, how can my major get me the best job? How can my major get me paid <laughs> when I graduate? How can I spruce up my resume, optimize? I became really good at optimizing my friends' resumes, okay? Um, I went to a highly competitive school that was just pushing people into Wall Street, pushing people into uh, IT, IT positions and operations, into you know, technology management, all, all that nasty, boring stuff that, that, that's needed in the world to push money around and push wealth around. So I was really good at sprucing up resumes. But God had a different idea for my life. Okay? I pray for my friends that work on Wall Street. And if you work on Wall Street or if you, you work, which the majority of you do, I pray for you. I bless that. God had a different calling on my life. Long story short, I'm going to keep it short. I've been on a journey of having my hunger conformed to the image of God. Um, God, it says in, in Romans, and if you'd like, we can have this, uh, this verse come up. But it says in Romans that God chooses people to become more like his son. God chooses people to become more like Jesus. Okay? And so the way that God makes people more like Jesus, one of the key ways is working on what they're hungering for and what they're thirsting for. So this morning we're talking about hunger. Yesterday was July 4th. Who had a good July 4th yesterday? You can raise your hand. I hunger for July 4th. <laughs> I can remember since being a kid hungering for, although, my, again, they'll tell you that I was scared to death of fireworks and I was scared to death of a high dive, which are the two things you do on July 4th. Um, but since I was a kid, I can remember hungering for that day. And I can remember hungering for it in the last week. Uh, you're hungering for being with people, 
being with loved ones, you're hungering for, I don't know if you hunger for what's, what's coming off of the grill, but I was on that grill yesterday, and not everything that was coming off was getting to people's plates. It was getting intercepted. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, now, since I've gotten over my, my fear of fireworks, I hunger to just be blown away by the fireworks. And if you were in Allendale last night, you know, those fireworks blew us away last night. So July 4th is like, it's, it's, a, day that, it's a day of anticipation. Uh, it's a day where we try to satisfy ourselves, whether it's with patriotism, whether it's with filling ourselves. So I was reminded of hunger, especially last night. <clears throat> We're looking at a beatitude, though. <laughs> Can you put that back up? Uh, Matthew 5, 6, where it says, where Jesus calls people out. Um, we're in a, we're in a um, part of uh, Jesus' ministry, early on in his ministry, where Jesus is announcing what God's coming kingdom is all about. God's coming kingdom, Jesus is saying, God's coming kingdom is very surprising. Okay? God's coming kingdom has a number of ways that bless people in ways that are totally unexpected. And um, these, these few verses we have in Jesus' sermon, they take people whose society would normally say are not blessable, and, he, and Jesus is saying, new rules, forget all that. These people are blessable. Okay? And um, for me, and I think if you look at the world today, a hunger and thirst for justice. And I want to just explain a little about that word in a second. But a hunger and thirst for justice are perhaps the deepest needs in our world today. And that, and that word justice, that word justice is a word that's thrown around. I mean, let's be fair. Um, and other versions of this verse will use the word righteousness. So this is a confusing, <laughs> it's a confusing word right off the bat. But let me just clarify what Jesus is talking about here. You have two camps, okay? You have some people who look at this verse and they're like hungering and thirsting for justice, for righteousness, for being clean before God. Do I hunger to be right? Do I hunger to be good? Do I hunger to have nothing between me and God? Okay? That's one take on this word. The other take on this word, justice or righteousness, is how am I taking care of other people? What's, what's the state of affairs? What's God doing? Uh, sorry, what are the people of God doing for the people who don't have anything? Okay? There are kind of two sides to interpreting this word. But let me tell you, and this is high talking, but I very strongly believe this. This word justice is talking about both. It's talking about how we are with God, but how we are with God is completely dependent and uh, completely connected to how we are with people and whether people are getting loved and whether people are getting healed and whether people are getting filled. So this thing, justice, this is, this, is, this, is what people, this is what people are looking for, okay? Have you ever felt that you just can't get to point A? You're, at point, you're not even at point A yet. You want to get from A to B, but you can't even get to point A, okay? 
Sometimes it's with loved ones. I know if my, my brothers are in this room. We struggle, okay? My brothers and I, we struggle. What do we struggle with? You're supposed to be A, but you're not. Why did you do this? We struggle. Or we do it with our children. Especially parents who are seeing their kids going through the same things that they went through. So we desire justice. C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest writers ever, um, he once said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Should I read that again? Let me read that again. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. God, why can't this be this way? Why does it have to be that way? Why are we stuck? Why am I stuck in the ways that I thought I was saved from? Saved by grace, right? My sins are behind me. But why do I turn to sin? Okay, because the two are actually connected. What we hunger for is connected to whether we live for God or walk away from God. The thing about how we're created is that we're created to hunger and we're created to thirst for the good things God has created us for. Okay? God's created us with these inner desires. God's created us with the ability to strive after good things, the way he's created this world to be. Um, but we often turn away. Uh, we often turn to sin. We often turn to that which destroys and we have a society that suffers from addictions. And I'm not just talking about people who are buying things illegally. I'm talking about people who are buying, getting things legally. I'm not just necessarily talking about drugs. I'm talking about addictions to people. Addictions to situations. We are an, we're an addicted society. Depression. We, turn, we, we want joy and fulfillment, Right? but we get stuck. Whether it's to the left or to the right, we get stuck. So much so, so much so, that the ways that, often the ways that God has made us to do good, end up taking us in the complete opposite direction. I would like to share one other quote with you. And it's a quote that when I first heard it, uh, really rocked my world, really confused me for a while, and it still confuses me. But I want you to hear this, and I want you to examine whether this, is, whether this makes sense to you. G.K. Chesterton once wrote, this was a theologian, he once wrote that a man knocking on the door of a brothel is knocking for God. A man knocking on the door of a brothel is knocking for God. No. What, what, yeah. Could it, but could it be? Could it be? Not, see, not that getting the opposite is a good thing. No. Okay. 
But could it be that when I lie, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to cover up what? My shame. Why am I trying to cover up my shame? Because I know I'm meant to live for more. But I haven't found the way out of my shame. I haven't found healing for my shame. Whether I've rejected it, whether other people have damaged me for me to, to reject it. And I get into habits, and I get into habits, and I get into habits, and I get stuck over here. And all I can do is whatever that is. See, God wants to... Re- God wants to redeem our hunger. He doesn't want our hunger to lead us to, to destruction anymore. Okay? He doesn't want our hunger to lead us... Yesterday we celebrated the uh, independence of our country. How cool is the Declaration of Independence? How great do you feel on July 4th when the fireworks and, 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 and all that hoopla? It's, it's a great feeling. But what's going on in our country? Multiple black churches have been burned in the last two weeks, two, three weeks, and we don't hear about it. God bless America. Bless God, America. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, No tangents. Amen. (laughs) The enemy messes with our hunger. There's really good news. Really good news. Jesus is all about changing. Jesus looks at us. He looks at every kind of sinner, every kind of sinner. And he's saying, I want, I want to take you. I want to show myself to you. I want to heal you. I'm going to redeem your hunger. I have an awesome story I want to tell you. It's awesome to me. We'll see whether it's awesome to you. Um, but the preface is, I have a few heroes in this room. And I'm going to point out one hero. That hero knows that it's not all about him. He knows why I'm pointing him out. One of my heroes in this room is Joe Florio. He's sitting over there. If you haven't gotten the opportunity to meet Joe Florio, I highly recommend it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I highly recommend asking him about anything. Because <laughs> listening to Joe talk about anything, you're just gonna, your mind's going to be blown. Uh, <laughs> just walk with him. Joe took me in like two, two months ago, when I, two or three months ago when I moved back to the area. Joe didn't even realize it, but he took me under his wing. And um, he started showing me, uh, as he was walking his own community group, his own uh, missional community group, uh, through, through prayer walking. The idea of praying for your neighbors and walking around and praying for your neighbors. And Joe was like, hi, don't you realize that you don't have to worry about yourself if you get caught up praying for other people the way that you would for yourself, God's going to answer those prayers and you're going to find everything you need in the process. That's what this verse is about. What do we hunger for? Do I hunger? Do I get stuck? Because it's all about getting stuck. Our hunger gets stuck. It's not bad that we hunger. Okay? There's a time and a place for bacon cheeseburgers. And there's a time and a place for everything that God created. Because the enemy, he doesn't do anything new. Okay? The devil doesn't do anything new. He takes really good things, sex. He takes really good things, food. He takes really good things, money, and he says, you're going to love this, and you're going to become obsessed with it, and it's never going to fill you. The devil, he didn't do anything new. He just twisted it. He just twisted it around. He can't, he's, he's got nothing in his bag, okay? He's working with what God's created. So the enemy messes with our hunger. Back to Joe Florio. <laughs> 
so I got praying, got, he got me praying for, for my neighborhood. And um, the way, what Joe does, he just walks around his neighborhood and he looks at houses and he, he prays, for, uh, prays for the people in those houses to be blessed the way, uh, the way he wants his own family to be blessed. And he prays specifically and he prays hard for them. So I started this little process and I think I did it like twice. I started praying for people in our own neighborhood. Uh, and I would walk or I would run because we're always in a rush. <laughs> but sometimes I would walk and um, I'd just be like, God, bring joy to this house. God, bring prosperity to this house. God, let these people have fun in their backyard. They have an awesome backyard. It's so much cooler than my backyard. <laughs> but, but let them have fun in their backyard. Um, and uh, kind of left it, trusted God with it. Um, and what, what, when was Father's Day? Two weeks ago? Um, Two weeks ago, I was concerned. My family's been struggling. Um, you know, many of you know that my father's been struggling. And um, I was concerned with us having a good Father's Day. And so my prayer that morning was, God, let this be a good Father's Day. Let nothing bad happen. You know, let us get to church on time for the first time ever. <laughs> Uh, and let it just, you know, no arguments. We've had an argument every day for the past forever. <laughs> Let's not have any arguments today. Um, and um, so I get to church. At one point I hear that, and forgive me for bringing this up, but I hear Shank got into an accident. What? <laughs> God, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Accident? I pray... What? Father's, it's Father's Day. <laughs> Why accident? It's a very small accident. Nothing happened. Nothing happened to his car. There are all these people parked on the street in confusing locations, and he backed into it in the morning. He's connected with the guy. He's going to talk to him later. Why? It's not that big of a deal. But why on Father's Day of all days did this have to happen? Because you know the insurance is going to double. You know, you know. <sighs> I'm reliving the stress. I'm over the stress, but I'm reliving the stress. Uh, so we got home from, from worship, and uh, so one of my brothers, Shant, is out talking with the guy he's hit earlier in the morning. At one point, another one of us, uh, us is sent out just to make sure there are no arguments, make sure the police, the police report is done, and you know, all is done smoothly. And at, at one point, I feel a little, just, just tiny, not, not much, just a tiny little tug to go out and um, see what's going on out there. So I connect with my brothers speaking to three or four like 20, 21, 22-year-old guys who had been partying across the street the night before, just waking up. <laughs> and um, so I'm like, oh, cool, this is cool. I guess there's no argument. I guess we're okay. Oh, these are, these are nice guys. We're connecting with um, the neighbor, our neighbor who we've talked to like three times in the last 10 years. Right? Not even. Yeah. So, so we're, okay, okay, well, thank you, God. That's good. That's good. Now we get to connect with our neighbor. Then I noticed that one of the friends of the neighbor, or was it the neighbor? One of the guys had a brace around his knee. And um, I think I had gotten, I had had like a hundred different conversations in the previous month with people about praying uh, for healing and how, you should just always do it. You should always just ask people if they, want it, if they want healing prayer. You should just always do it. So this was the attitude I was going into that day with. And so I saw that. 
I was like, oh, God. Um. <laughs> well, Lord, please heal it. And God's like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> and so I, I think I stared at his knee from <laughs> five minutes while just like, yeah, like having a conversation. With, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually I just, blah, like, it wasn't even smooth. I'm just like, okay, God, can I pray for your knee? <laughs> Have you ever had anyone pray for your knee? He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, can I pray for your knee? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and um, long story short, prayed for this guy's knee. I don't know where he is now, so I don't know how his knee is doing. Um, but one of the other guys started asking, so why, what are you doing there? I've never seen anyone pray for somebody like that. What's going on? So we enter, and he's from Ireland. He's got the coolest accent in the world. So we enter into the coolest conversation with the guy with the coolest accent in the world for the next hour about why you pray for healing and, and why it matters that Jesus died and resurrected and why, you know, like, why we take the bread and, 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 and grape juice and, and how God is alive now. And, and at the end of it all, he wanted a Bible. So we have like 150 different Bibles in our house. So I brought a few out. The guy's like, wow, no one's ever given me a Bible before. I'm like, take 10. Like, <laughs> and so what was the worst possible situation when I was hungering for, I don't know what, <laughs> God turned that around, redeemed the situation, and gave us the most filling time we'd had in perhaps years. Somebody say, Amen, Hallelujah. <laughs> so, um, thank you, Joe. But thank you, God. Um, God wants to work on our hunger. What are we hungering for? I have two questions for you, and then I will be done because I don't know how long I've been going. Kairos moment, okay? If you haven't had somebody walk you through the Kairos circle yet, and you think I'm a crazy person, speaking Greek, because Kairos is a Greek word, let me just give you a very quick overview of what Kairos is. This is an introduction. I'll let you know. Kairos moments are when we take a minute and we think, What's God saying? We take a moment to notice and ask what God's saying. And then we take another half a moment to ask God, what do we do? Okay? So Kairos moment. Your hunger and your thirst, your frustration, your desires, they're Kairos moments. They are moments to notice, to take a second, and see what, what's God saying? What can I do about it? So, number one, what are we hungering and thirsting for? I strongly urge you, you, urge you this week, one, to ask God, what, are you, what am I hungering for, God? What's that all about? What am I thirsting for? Why am I frustrated? Why am I frustrated with people? Just take a minute to ask him. And number two, what do I do about it? God, what do I do about it? Let the Spirit of God 
into you, into this, into that moment, into that conversation. It doesn't take, you know, like you don't have to pull him in. You know, just ask the spirit. What do I do about this hunger? Uh, I used to have a college professor at Stevens who he'd be doing a really hard problem on the board, and he'd have the whole class helping him do it. And he would, uh, he would say, okay, what do we do? What do we do next? And he'd look up to the class, and if the cl- class was stumped, he would say, we cry. <laughs> <laughs> so no, this isn't calculus. You don't have to cry about it. We can simply ask the Holy Spirit. Um, and I have three very, 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 very short suggestions. One, God's probably leading many of you up. God's probably leading many of you to pray. Because we have prayerlessness. We go through days and months and weeks where we don't sit down and spend time with Him. And God's saying, that's okay, I've forgiven you. It's taken care of on the cross, but come on. Because you're, you're running and you're hungering and you need me. You don't need anything else. I just want you to spend some time. So for many of us, it's going to be up. For some of us, it's going to be in. Okay? This is, this is a really good book. Okay? It's not a drag, and it's, it's not like any other book. God's here, and you can open it up. Especially the Psalms are really good. He wants you to dig in. God might want you to just dig in a little. Five minutes a day, ten minutes a day. And for many of us, the third... Um, the third area is going to be out. Okay, some of us are so busy that we don't get out. And I'm not talking about going out someplace. I'm saying opening the door or stopping on the way from the car into the house and saying hi to your neighbor. <laughs> okay, talking about real basic stuff. It's okay. God is not condemning you. That's taken care of. That's why we take communion. This is all about His love. He wants to participate with you. So, just take that Kairos moment. Take that Kairos moment to say, I'm hungering, Lord. What do I do about this? God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. It's a promise. It's a promise. This is like, like, He's saying, look, you put the key here, you turn it, it's going to happen. Okay? I love the promises of God. You, can, you cannot go wrong in believing the promises of God. If you hunger and thirst for the way things should be, God's saying, you're not a hopeless optimist. You're not a hopeless believer He wants to be there in that moment and He desires to fulfill your hunger. Amen? Amen. Amen.